when people make decisions that they regret. Um, some regrets are small. I'm, I'm thinking about the child who, who um, is at a restaurant and has an opportunity to order dessert and sees the uh, chocolate ice cream and so orders the chocolate ice cream and then the, the waitress comes out and brings chocolate ice cream for him and chocolate cake for his brother. And he goes, oh no, I want the chocolate cake, but it's too late. It was already ordered. Some regrets are, are small. Other regrets are large. Um, like those who invested their millions with Bertie Madoff, who, as if you know the news or history, he was running a Ponzi scheme and cheated people their investment income out of billions of dollars. And uh, when that all came to pass, of course, people realized it was too late. They had lost their millions already. Some regrets are large, and, and some regrets have little consequence, like the uh, professional who was who was out of the office late, and she was running to, to catch her train, and it was too late, so she's got to wait 30 minutes. It's not, not very much. But some regrets have large consequences, like the young man who cheated in college and was expelled and uh, could never get his degree as a result. Some regrets can be reversed. Right? You go to Walmart and buy some garbage bags. You come home, you realize they're the wrong size. It just takes a trip to customer service, and all is refunded, and all is made well, and all is exchanged. But there are some regrets that are not able to be reversed, like the, the boy who, who took the dare of his childhood friends and tried to leap from one building to another, only he didn't get the leap didn't quite make it, fell down three stories and broke his neck and has spending the rest of his life as a paraplegic. Some regrets can't be reversed. You know, most regrets in life happen because people failed to listen to the wisdom they heard. Heard a story recently of a, of a child who was approaching a hot burner um, and uh, was about to touch it. And mom and dad said, no, don't touch it, don't touch it. <laughs> and he went ahead and touched it. Against all wisdom of his parents, he touched it, and, and uh, as a result of that, he um, had a few painful fingers for a few hours. Small consequences for neglecting wisdom, but other times consequences for neglecting the wisdom of others will, will last a lifetime, like, like the man who was drinking and driving. He knew it was a bad practice, he knew that bad things can happen. and yet he didn't think that he had too many beers at the bar that night, and he didn't think he was that drunk. And yet he ended up killing a man by the side of the road with a bicycle. And it forever, his life has changed. The, the man can never be brought back to his family. The, the man who committed the crime will spend dozens of years in prison. And uh, he'll forever live with the guilt of his mistake. There he was, transgressing the wisdom of others that, that can never be pulled back. Now, that example of the, the drunk driver is the example we're going to consider really this morning of, of those who make choices <clears throat> that then when they look back and they regret those choices and they're longing to see them change, they cannot be changed. And this is really a message to you young children today. Just be aware of the consequences of stepping past the wisdom of others. You may make decisions. You may have things in your life that you forever regret our text this morning is in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. It's found on page 527 of the chair in front of you. If you'd like to read on. And these verses detail just bad choices in life that, that people make against all, 
all wisdom, and they come to regret their decisions, there's nothing that anyone can do. And though they desperately wish that they had listened to that counsel beforehand of their parents or their teachers or their siblings or their, or their good friends, they utterly regret the decisions that they made. And there's no way to change what's happened. There's nothing that anybody can do because they're really stuck with the consequences. And that's how, how God has made life. And, and the call of our text this morning is, is to listen to wisdom. Listen to wisdom, young people especially, so that you will not regret the decisions you make in your life. So you will not face the terrible consequences that such choices can bring. Let's read our text. Proverbs 1, 20 through 33. Wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? And how long will scoffers delight in their scoffing? And fools hate knowledge. If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you, and I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you've refused to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one is heeded. Because you've ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own desires. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread or disaster. As you can see, our text this morning really comes in the form of a sermon. It's uh, the speaker is introduced in verses 20 through 21, and then 22 through 33. We see the content of the sermon. And in fact, you can even look there. Verse 22 begins with some quotes. This is what the, the, the speaker who, who preaches the sermon begins with. And then at the end of verse 33, there are the end quotes. And the speaker is introduced with these words in verse 20. Wisdom cries aloud in the street, in the marketplaces, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance to the city gate, she speaks. Now, if you notice, this sermon was preached by a woman. Now, at Rock Valley Bible Church, of course, we know that women should not be in the habit of preaching sermons. It's not how God mandated the church to be. The church should be led by godly men. First Timothy chapter 3. And women, likewise, are not to have authority or teach over men. Yet here in Proverbs, we see a woman preaching. Well, because it's actually not a woman. It's actually a personification of a, a woman. It's a personification of wisdom. Really, it's wisdom preaching. And the idea here is that wisdom is taken on this personality. And wisdom is a woman because the Hebrew word for wisdom is chokmah. And Hokma is a feminine noun, and so wisdom is this feminine noun that, that speaks and, and preaches. And it's appropriate to name this preacher here Lady Wisdom. Thus, the title of my message this morning is Listen to Lady Wisdom. And, and she will preach again. She'll preach again in, in Proverbs chapter 8. Uh, account of the whole chapter is all Lady Wisdom. And in chapter 9, she'll make an appearance as well. We'll hear her voice. 
But here in, in chapter 1, we see Lady Wisdom, that she's a street preacher. She is. She, she's preaching in open air for all to hear. Now, this is an obvious contract to, contrast to those in verses 10 through 19 who are trying to entice others into their sin. If you remember, it, it said in verse 10, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say this... If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason. This wasn't proclaimed everywhere, because these men can't be exposed. It's more of a whisper, come with us, let us ambush the innocent without cause. Bring, bring, your, uh, bring with us and come with us and we'll have a, a, a united purse together. And we'll take all the booty together. They're whispering to their peers, secretly making their divisive plans, but not so with wisdom. She's crying aloud in the streets like a, a street preacher proclaiming his, his Bible in the, in the marketplaces. Where the people are is where the street, street preachers go. She's in the noisy streets filled with the hustle and bustle of city life. She's at the entrance of the city gates where everybody will pass through at the point of the day. She's in the subways and she's at the beaches. She's preaching everywhere where ears are to hear. And the idea here is that the, the whole city hears the message of wisdom. And quite frankly, young people, wisdom is all around you. It is all around you. Maybe the word of your parents that we looked at a couple weeks ago. In fact, last week, right? Verse 1, verse 8. Hear my son, your father's instruction. Forsake not your mother's teaching. They're a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Your parents are giving you sound wisdom most often. You may hear, hear words of, of wisdom from a, from a pastor who's help, trying to help you with a career direction in life, or the major choice you're making, or with a moral dilemma you're facing. Uh, wisdom is found in the, in the word of a trusted companion, perhaps, right, directing you to, to navigate some sensitive uh, situation at work. Wisdom may be found when you're reading a book. You've got some financial decision that you're making. You're trying to figure out how it is best to financially invest some of your money. And, and a book might find that. You, you may find your wisdom from the book of Proverbs. Shedding light on the straight way for you to walk. There, there's lots of wisdom in these 31 chapters of Proverbs. And that's the preaching of wisdom. Really available to all who hear. And it's the wise who will discern what is, what is true and right and and wise and lines up with God's word and will follow after that. And young people, I just ask you, are you wise? Are you listening to the wisdom that's there? Are you listening? Because we see some people here who aren't listening. In fact, this is a sermon to people who are not listening. Um, her message of Lady Wisdom is really simple. It, it has two points. Uh, the first is this, turn to me. Wisdom says, turn to me, to these, these wayward young people who are going their ways. Wisdom says, come and turn to me. Look at verse 21, 22. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit on you and I'll make my words known to you. We see 20, in verse 22 that she's preaching to a tough crowd. Lady Wisdom isn't preaching in a church building to church people who want to hear a message. No, she's preaching to those who really aren't interested in what she has to say. Thank you very much. I mean, isn't that the dynamics of, of street preaching? 
A preacher stands on some, some kind of box, maybe he's got a microphone in hand, maybe a megaphone, and just begins talking and, and speaking of things. And whoever just happens to be coming by is, is the audience, is the congregation. And, and there are some who just right, pass right on by as if they didn't even hear the street preacher. And then there are others who maybe will, will sit and stand and listen for a moment and, and in kindness and courtesy, we'll, we'll just kind of pass on. But there are others who will, who will stand and then will fight and argue against the, the street preacher. And that's the sort of three different sorts of people that we see here in verse 22. They're identified by simple words, They're by, by three words. There's the simple, you can see that in verse 22. There are the scoffers and there are the fools. The, the simple are the open-minded. That's literally what it means. The naive. These are the ones who will believe anything. In fact, that's what Proverbs 14, 15 says. The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. This is the one who will hear the street preacher respectively, uh, respectfully and will kind of like the message. And, and then will leave and will forget the message and then will be persuaded by whoever else he hears next because that's the, the simple one, never really making a commitment, always learning, never really coming to a knowledge of the truth, but just kind of saying, oh, that's good, no, that's good, that's good. The simple one wants kumbaya for the whole world. In contrast to that, we have the scoffers. Unlike the simple who believe everything, these are those who believe nothing. They have a negative and defiant attitude which which doubts everything and tries to prove everybody wrong. These are the ones who will rise in the crowd and challenge that preacher. These are the scoffers. Proverbs 29 verse 8 says, Scoffers set a city aflame because of their, they're so angry and they're so hostile and they're so back at people. And they especially hate being taught. As Proverbs 13 1 says, A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a, a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. The one who's walking beside the road and is not wanting to hear what the preacher has to say is going to fight back with everything that he can. That's the simple, there's the scoffer, and then you simply have the fools. We see these people throughout Proverbs. They're the wise and the foolish. This is the the biggest general category of those in the unwise category at all. These are those who lack sense. They're they're the ones who don't even slow down to listen to what the preacher says, right? The the, the truth goes out and they don't even hear or even really notice the truth so much. They just carry on their way as if all is well because they actually know what's right. They don't need anyone to teach them. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man listens to his advice. And the fool is destined, right, if he's right in his own eyes, to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Because he's his own counsel. And Proverbs 26, 11 says, Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. So he's going to do the same things over and over again because he's not going to hear. He's not going to listen. And all of these, the simple, the scoffers, and the fools, they're all unteachable. They won't listen to what Lady Wisdom is shouting in the streets. Rather, they shun her. And verse 22 is really a question saying, How long will you shun my counsel? How long will you refuse to turn to me? They hear what Lady Wisdom says. It goes into their ears, but it doesn't compute. They don't believe it. They don't follow after it. They, they don't pursue it. They have no time for the wisdom that she has. They aren't teachable. They aren't prudent or humble or wise. It would be the opposite of those. They're the simple and the scoffers and the fools. <coughs> the sense here is that They've heard this message 
over and over and over and over again for years and years and years and years. They won't turn to wisdom, which which is fundamentally her her message. My my message, my point there says, turn to me is what she's saying. And, And that really comes in verse 23. If you turn at my reproof. Right? If my reproof to you, if you, if you turn at that time, if you turn to me, if you turn to wisdom, then these blessings come. Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. The book of Proverbs is written to give instruction to people. It's, it's written to give instruction to those who hear. Look at verse 2 and 3, right? To know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing in righteousness, justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple. The simple are just going their own way, but prudence is a, is a careful look at things. It's going to give prudence to the simple. It's going to give knowledge and discretion to the youth. And that's the whole purpose of turn to me, right? Come to me, wisdom says. Come to me and I will give you this wisdom. And there are promises here. If you do turn and if you do listen you're going to have the spirit of wisdom upon you like those chosen to serve tables in the early church in acts chapter 6 you can read about it there these are those who will know wisdom wisdom will make it known to them so that then they can walk in the ways of right they'll know the benefits of wisdom that will guard them and protect them and and help them and really the simple point of application this is all of you do you see yourself are you a simpleton just kind of believing anything. You hear what they say, oh, you like that. And you hear what these people say, you like that. And you hear what someone else says, you like that. Are you like that? Or are you a scoffer? Are you always against someone? Are you always against that? You're always going to be the contrarian. If they say A, you're going to say B. But if they say B, you're going to say A. Lots of contrarian, in, in, contrarian attitudes in the political realm. I mean, just in the political realm, they're just anti-Trumpers. Whatever Trump says, whether it's good or bad, they're just against him. That's a scoffer who's always against, regardless of the position, is going to believe nothing and question everything. Are you a fool? Are you just walking in your own way? You're like walking through life, just la-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, it's okay. Or do you realize wisdom's been preaching to you for years? Are you listening to her preaching? Here's the second point. It's really her message. Turn to me or face my ridicule. That's what it is. You either turn to me and get wisdom or I'm going to laugh at you, is what wisdom says. Look at, look at verse 24. And these are, these are terrifying words. This is a serious message this morning. Because I have called you and you refuse to listen. Because I've stretched out my hand and no one is heeded. Because you've ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. And I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. The the, the picture here is of, of simple people or scoffing people or foolish people who who refuse to listen to the over the overwhelming constant teaching of wisdom they've ignored the counsel of parents they've rejected the counsel of their teachers they've rebelled against their authorities in their lives <clears throat> they haven't believed the scriptures they haven't followed in the ways of the lord 
As a result of these bad choices they make in life, they're facing consequences. Like, maybe they've smoked for years. And their lungs are now charred and black. And with every breath comes a wheeze. Now they're diagnosed with lung cancer. They have to endure the horrors of chemotherapy just to stay alive. And for the rest of their lives, they have to carry around this oxygen, right, this tube in their nose in order just to stay alive. Wherever they go, they've got to have this oxygen tank. For years. They've ignored that little warning that's on the pack of every cigarette they've ever smoked. That says, Surgeon General's warning. Smoking causes lung cancer, heart disease, emphysema, and may complicate pregnancy. And now they're in the hospital. And now they're facing the consequence of their actions. And do you know what wisdom says? (laughs) I told you so. I told you so. I warned you. Every cigarette. It was right there. And and you know what? Here's the reality. There's no turning back. There's no way to reverse years of foolish living and destroying your body with cigarettes. The storm has arrived. The terror has come. Distress and anguish have come. And there's no way out. Verse 28 is some of the most terrifying words in this passage. Then, only after the storm has arrived, only arrived, after they've made their bad choices, after the things have gone wrong, it's then that they realize the errors of their ways and they call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. In other words, the day of finding wisdom is past. They need to live with the consequence of their actions. And there's... God has made this world so that there, there are consequences and actions. There's just no way that you can just magically solve that problem. And this is why it's so important to find wisdom as a young person. <clears throat> so that you don't face these storms and distresses and hardships and anguishes because you've neglect wisdom, neglected wisdom. Well, I just want to play another video of a, of a girl named Liz Marks who neglected the wisdom that, that she heard. And um, we're going to be playing here on the overhead as soon as it comes up. should be coming up. Oh, it's, I, it's promising. It's promising. There we go. I just remember sitting at home thinking to myself, it's like, I have no one. I, like, my friends were there for me at first, but after a while, they weren't. I looked up on her Facebook page, and she said on there, can anybody please hang out with me today? I don't have any friends. Before the car accident, the things I did in high school with my friends were, you know, just go to the high school games and everything, that we can go to a party, go bowling. I was a good student. I was a role model. I was like a preppy little girl in high school, so I used to model. My main worry for Liz as a parent before she started driving was the typical teenage things, you know, the drugs and the alcohol and, you know, 
being safe and hanging around the right kind of kids and keeping her grades up. I did not think that Liz was connected to her mobile phone. I didn't realize um, that she loved her phone as much as she did. I use my cell phone every second, every minute, every hour. Like, if I didn't have it, I would freak out because I couldn't connect with my friends. I couldn't connect with anyone. couldn't connect with like, social media or anything. Like, if I didn't have my cell phone, I felt lonely. I would ask her all the time, Liz, do you text and drive? And she said, no, Mom, I swear I don't. Don't worry, I don't use my phone when I'm behind the wheel. I ignore those warnings about texting while driving because everyone else was doing it. So I thought it was okay. I thought I was invincible, but clearly, I was completely wrong. I was getting ready for work, and then 12 hours later, I'm in ICU staring at my daughter, who's bald, and tubes running in and out of her body, and it's just overwhelming devastation over a stupid text. The consequences of my life now after the car accident is the fact that I'm blind on one eye now. I cannot smell. I cannot hear that very good because a bone broke in half and covered my eardrum. Um, I can't create tears because both my tear ducts got damaged and I can't put my body to sleep naturally. I take medicine and go to sleep. The hardest part about my life after the car accident was the fact that I was alone. Everyone was away at college. I wasn't. I couldn't drive, I couldn't go to college. My friends were there for me at first, but after a while, they weren't. They got tired of me. They got tired of all my problems. Don't text your loved ones when you know they're driving. It can change their lives forever. If you get a text, don't look at it. It's not worth it. It's a good warning for those <clears throat> who are about to get their licenses. Steffi turned 16 today. So, is there any water up here? <clears throat> well, it's just one story that can be told of millions. Um, this is just texting and driving. But what, what she has faced, she'll, she'll never be able to reverse she won't get sight back in her left eye. She won't smell again. She'll never have good hearing again. And I'm sure she lives with, with constant regret. And she can, verse 28, cry out all she can, as much as she can, for wisdom. Like, like can I please have it? And you're like, wisdom? <laughs> I told you. You took the class. You knew. And there's lots of other types of stories that can be told. Testimonies of girls who get pregnant when they're in high school. They drop out of high school, lose their friends, boyfriend skips town. They've got to have low-paying, long-hour jobs for the rest of their life to pay for their child. And forever will face the difficulty of raising a, a child as a single parent. They live lives of regret. Places like the Pregnancy Care Center. Right. Thank you, Amanda, bringing us in on that. We'll, we'll come alongside 
to help those who are pleading for wisdom and having made a bad choice. Don't want to compound that, but even in that, lots of help is needed and still it's a huge struggle because of choices that were made against all counsel. And anyone who's experienced teen pregnancy will say it's hard to live that way. And wisdom wants to rescue you young people from this. You don't need to face that problem in your life. In fact, I remember in junior high school being mocked by some girls in my class. They called me Mr. Innocent. I'm like, whatever. Mr. Innocent. Oh, Mr. Innocent. It's not like I was particularly innocent. I just wasn't involved and engaged in the things they were involved in. And one of them was pregnant at age 16. And she had to drop out of high school and face these long hours, low-paying job, the hardships of, of raising one child single-handedly. And I, on the other hand, know the blessing of God. I have five wonderful children. There are lots of other testimonies could be here. Testimonies of those who married an unbeliever. That's a young person they weren't thinking about the Lord. Drifted from church and, and forgot all things spiritual. Though they knew it was wrong, they enjoyed being with their boyfriend or their girlfriend. And their common interests they thought would hold them together, like traveling together, watching sports or, or hiking. And they neglected what's most important. It's a common interest in the Lord. And against all warning, they got married. And now years later, facing the consequences of being unequally yoked. It makes serving the Lord hard. It makes much heartache. Anyone who's married to an unbeliever will tell you it's hard to live this way. And this text is calling us, calling you wisdom, to rescue yourself from that hardship. Listen to wisdom. And we could hear testimonies of those who are addicted to drugs, alcohol, or pornography. The practical effects that these addictions have upon marriages, upon health, upon future employment, is massive. As, as these things have gripped people in the past, they can come easily and grip people again in the future. And sometimes they've called irreversible damage in their lives. Whether it's under the influence, they, they've done some things, or it, it continues to come up, it, it leads to financial hardship, it's, it's often difficult to keep a job when you're addicted to these things. It can lead to health challenges, as, as these things can ruin their bodies. These things have led to divorce, images burned on the mind, have led to anger and violence and abuse, which is so indicative of those who are addicted to pornography. And, and those who have experienced these hardships in life will tell you how difficult it is. And how much better it is to walk in the ways of wisdom so that Lady Wisdom doesn't laugh at you when, when you've messed up so bad in life that the natural consequences of life you're going to suffer for. But you know what? Lady Wisdom doesn't want to laugh at you. She's calling out, right? How long are you going to love your simplicity, right? Come to me. If you turn to my reproof, then what's the promise in verse 23? I will pour out my spirit on you and I'll make known my words to you. But she will laugh at you if you refuse her counsel. I mean, that's just the way that God has made life on the planet. Is that there are causes and there are effects and many effects of those causes cannot be reversed. And you'll find blessing if you walk in the ways of wisdom. And you'll find hardship if you walk in the ways of fools. And in fact, Lady Wisdom just repeats, says the same thing in verse 29 and following. She says this, Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, 
would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their ways and have their fill of their own devices. This is natural consequences that Proverbs is talking about here. If you hate knowledge of the, the ways of the wise, and if you choose to rebel against the Lord, if you won't listen to the words of, live, of wisdom, if you despise living in the wise way, you'll be destroyed. God would just let the natural consequence of life overtake you. Here it is, why? Verse 32, the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. The promise of verse 33 comes here, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread and disaster. Lady Wisdom is preaching, desiring you to have a secure life. Oh, thank you very much. I don't, probably don't need it now, but thanks. I should have thought about that before I came up and preached this morning. But, but Lady Wisdom wants to give you a secure life without hardship and dread that wisdom will, will help you. And like, like Proverbs 22, verse 3. The prudent sees danger and hides himself. But the simple go on and suffer for it. Right? And there's this way, right? The prudent's going to see, see the danger. And it's not going to walk that way. It's rather going to hide himself. But the simple just, lot, a lot, a lot, is going to get smacked. That's why wisdom is so important in this life. This lady wisdom says, turn to me or face my ridicule. Now, up to this point in my message, really, I've only talked about practical things. I've only talked about just uh, living wisely in this life, uh, as if this life is all there is, you know, forgetting the, the spiritual life. But Proverbs primarily is concerned with just living rightly here in the here and now. But everything that is true of this life has a greater reality in the life above. And, and Proverbs hints at it a little bit in verse 29 when she mentions this. She says, they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Right? In other words, right, these words of Proverbs have application to our normal lives only because there's this divine life working. As I remember, remember what I said in chapter 1 and verse 7, I said that we need to make sure that we keep the, the fear of the Lord as front and central in all that we speak of in Proverbs. <clears throat> Because we see we live this way because we fear the Lord. There's also we live this way because of the, the consequence that we'll avoid. But when we, we see the Lord and submit to Him, the blessings come upon our lives. But if we neglect Him, we're going to face His wrath. See, because what Lady, Lady Wisdom said in the natural realm is very true in the spiritual realm. I mean, we only have one chance is life on earth. And we can mess up things upon earth. And when it comes to reality, our death and standing before the Lord, we got one chance. And the thing is, with consequences in this earthly life, there are consequences that will affect us our whole earthly life. If you mess up. And if you mess up your spirit, there's spiritual, eternal life, there are things that's going to affect you forever and ever as well. But if you get that right, things will be well in eternity. And that's where the, the hope comes. Because the Lord really has the same message for us spiritually right turn to me the lord says or face my ridicule and a great place to find this is found in psalm 2 so why don't we turn over there to psalm 2 in fact we're going to end our message right here in in this psalm because we're going to see similar things to proverbs but yet with a with an eternal perspective that that i hope you find hope in today 
If you've messed up in life like all of us have, if you have regrets, as all of us do, your regrets might, regrets might be big, they might be small, but they are there. It's like, yeah, one chance in life and none of us have done perfectly well. But here it is, your chance for spiritual life. You can always do well and, and things can always be changed. Psalm 2, it's of David. David is writing this, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Here we see people rebelling against the Lord, against the Lord and against his anointed. That is against God, the father and against God, the son is who that is. And and the kings of the earth set themselves, the rulers gathered together against Jesus, right against the anointed one. And we see that, of course, in the playing out of the, of the Gospels when the people are rebelling against the Lord and they think that by killing Jesus they're going to put their problems away. But God says, no. You resist Jesus. Like, you can fight against Him. Like, your, your life is stronger than Him. All the power you have. You think you can thwart my will? The Lord called them to submit, but they rebelled. They wanted to fight, and God's response was one of, of ridicule. It's like, like a little kid coming against a heavyweight fighter. Coming, oh, I can get you, right? And tries to fight and fight and fight. And the heavyweight fighter just kind of holds his head like that. And he's going, oh, I can't do anything. It's exactly what these people are. Verse 4, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. And here's a spiritual battle that was raged, just like in Proverbs 1, the physical battle was, right? Against the Lord. They're against his counsel. But here, this is against Jesus. And God's in the heavens just just laughing. He's deriding them. He said, really? Really? In verse 5, God will speak to them in His wrath and will terrify them in His fury, saying, as for me, I've set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Right before the Lord, their power was nothing. And though they, they try to fight against the Lord, God is going to establish His king. God is going to get His way. And so if you try to rebel against the Lord e- eternally, you're in trouble. Because He's going to establish His King. His plan is going to go. And as you see in verses 7-9, through 9, it's clear who this King is. I will tell of the decree, the Lord says to me. You are my Son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a, a potter's vessel. And here we see God's decree about how Jesus is my son. I have begotten you. And, and, and Acts 13 right, reminds us this is the resurrection. Just before the passage you read, Dallas, just speaks about how he is the, he is the one who's been confirmed the son by the resurrection from the dead. And he's the one to whom God is going to give all power. He's going to have all the nations. Everyone's going to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. God, Jesus, is going to break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces with a a potter's vessel. All power of all the kingdoms of the world have been given to Jesus Christ. He will rule over all. It's what Psalm 2 teaches. And the only response, here's the wise response, and here's how, despite how you've messed up, maybe in, in decisions here upon this life, is to make things right eternally. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. O Herod, O Pontius Pilate, O others, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and trembling. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. 
Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. And blessed are all those who take refuge in him. And there's where the gospel comes, right? People rebelling against the Lord. The Lord counseling them otherwise. And, and when they refuse his counsel, he just laughs at them and says, I've got this. You're not listening to me. I told you so. And then he exerts his rightful reign. And, and here's the gospel. Because though you make have made mistakes in your youth, though you, you regret your foolish ways, and though you are facing now some of the consequences of your ways, you can't change the consequence of your actions. David faced tremendous difficulty after his adultery with Bathsheba. Tremendous difficulty. He could never unwind that ball. Rehoboam faced tremendous difficulty when he refused the counsel of the older men and took the counsel of the younger men, which was foolish, and made the oak hard and split the kingdom. And forever he was, he was trying to rule and reign over a divided kingdom. Think Abraham Lincoln, the struggles that that was to to rule over a divided nation where you're trying to, to do well. But there are consequences, right? But, but there's always hope because there's more to life than this life. There is eternal life. There is forgiveness of sins. And, and God will forgive us of our past foolishness. we got to deal with the consequences today, but there is hope, right? If you but just listen to the Lord, if you kiss the Son, if you trust in Jesus, He can make you wise for eternity. So just think about how many found that. John chapter 4, the woman at the well. She lived a sinful life, and yet everything was restored in Jesus. Or, or think about the, the prodigal son, which we read as a family this week, right? Just the, the son wastes his living, wastes his father's inheritance, and yet he comes back and he's made right. Because he kissed the son, because he, he bowed to the father. Or think about John chapter 8, and the woman caught in adultery. Go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven. I don't accuse you. Can be made right. The thief on the cross. He was dying for his sins. These are the consequences. And in the midst of dying for his sins, he reached out to Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. And he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So yes, he's facing the consequence of his sins. He could not change. He could not turn back. But eternally, he was with Christ forever. And that eternal choice and that eternal trust will, will change everything and transform everything. You'll make this life and the consequences you face in this life just small compared to the consequences that you're there. Or think about the, the kids in the youth group who went, they read the John Piper's Don't Waste My Life. And, and that, that book all hinges around this illustration that, that John Piper told of an 80-year-old man who came to Christ in his old age and uh, under his father's, under John Piper's father's preaching and and he was just sobbing in the front row of this church, right? Because he says, I've wasted my life. I've wasted my life. I've wasted my life. And he had. For 80 years, he lived in sin. Drunkenness, who knows exactly what he, he lived in. He wasted his life, yes, but he found grace in God. And he found peace there. But the message of Proverbs 1 this morning is, kids, don't waste your life. Seek for wisdom and put yourself in a place where you'll make those, you won't make those decisions you'll regret later on. And just know that those choices you made, you, you can still magnify, magnify God's grace. As Ephesians 2 says, in the ages to come, we will show the surpassing greatness of His power and mercy and kindness to us in Christ Jesus. 
that when you've messed up in life, but when you come to God, those are exactly the people that God wants to come. There's more joy in, the, in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who need no repentance. Right? So it's not that God is shunning you at all. He'll, he'll bring you in. But we need to deal with the natural consequences of our, of our sin. You know, this is a little bit like the, the street preacher. Right? He's standing out there that says, Jesus saves from the wrath of God. And that's exactly true. Right? Where it's natural consequences, we can't get away from them. Eternally, though, Jesus can save us from the ultimate consequence, which, which is our sin. And our hope and trust, even in this passage, is, is that Christ is our hope. Is in Christ we are, are able to be made right, to have our, our sins wiped away. And think about in heaven, right, where there's, there's no more crying, no more tears, no more regret, because the grace of God will, will cover it all. God's grace and love. But, but you need to follow. You need to pursue the call of wisdom. Right? When wisdom is stretching out her hand, and, and wisdom in some regards is a personification of Jesus, who says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that he is the wisdom of God. He's calling out, turn at my reproof, right? Turn to Jesus, because he alone can save from the wrath of God. So I hope you see the tension here in Proverbs of just the, the natural ways to live, which we should learn from of the consequences. I mean, as sure as we, we sin and have consequences today, eternally we sin, we'll have eternal consequences as well. We might not be able to wipe away every temporal consequence of that, but we can wipe away our eternal consequence of that if we just trust in Jesus. So let's pray. Father, I would pray for these young people here. I, I pray that they might think long and hard about the choices that they make, the, the companions that they keep. As we looked at last week, bad company corrupts good morals. And they can continue to be told and continue to be told, don't go with them, don't go with them. And in their ignorance and in their pride and in their foolishness, they continue to go and only find themselves in great harm and great trouble. Father, I pray today your grace upon the lives particularly of young people. God, who may be on the verge of, of making a mistake, of making a, a decision, of doing something that they will forever regret, forever will live with the consequences. God, I pray for us especially. I, I pray, God, for all, us who are older, maybe have regrets, have mistakes, are facing consequences that we might realize that those were sinful choices and done, done and committed. God, and yet, as we sang today from Psalm 51, have mercy, O Lord, have mercy. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. God, our hope is only to be purified in the blood of Jesus that, that our, our sins and our foolish ways here can all be restored. God, can all be made new through the blood of Jesus and we can enter into that new and, and living tabernacle through the blood of Christ. God, we don't have to work our way there. We don't have to live fault-free, perfect lives. We simply need to be repentant. We simply need to love and trust You and trust in Your Son for the forgiveness of our sins. So God, help us at Rock Valley Bible Church to be wise people. As we live for your glory, pray in Jesus' name. Amen.